0: Vancouver in the blazing sun on the 9th of February 61 from the 10th of February through till May it and
1: all night Welcome back to another episode of Whatever Whistler and Vancouver, Vancouver Places where we tell you the interesting and fun places about Whistler, Vancouver, Richmond, Squamish, Pemberton all the whole shebang the whole area we have radio superstars Dave Durgy and Graham Menzies here. You guys you guys want hey. to talk about that or you yeah. know, are we going to <laughs> Hi everybody. Do you want to talk hey, about your you? recent radio fame or should we uh should we just dive in?
2: Um Graham and I were guests on the um I think it's called On the Coast Gloria Macarenko CBC show for the launch of our new Whistler book. Yep. about a 10 minute interview a couple of weeks ago. It was really fun and it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was great. We got get the word out. We have a new Whistler book out. It's for sale. It costs twenty seven or twenty eight bucks with tax. And yeah, buy it. we the fun thing. Uh, fun thing sales.
0: about doing that is, um, you know, you do it. It's ten minutes, and then you sort of forget about it. And then the next day, you bump into somebody that says, "Hey, I heard you on the radio the other day." <laughs> you never know who it's going to be, but it's always. Don't you think, Dave, you probably got like three or four people within the oh, next exactly. 48 hours. Yeah. You know, TV yeah. I yeah. heard you on the radio the other day.
2: Well, it's great. And I think that, um, that I, I really enjoy CBC. I'm a huge fan of um, anything. C- I love CBC radio. I'm not a huge fan of TV, but the radio do a great job.
0: I mean, man, everybody, a- I... No, it says the same thing. Yeah, same you know, Peter, radio, I think it's got the
2: lineage of, of Peter Zosky and all the, you know, Morningside and as it happens. And even these Stephen Quinn in the mornings and glory in the afternoon. I mean, it's always interesting, you know, I was yeah. glad to be on there. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Now, Graham, we and we have a fan that you're going to give a shout out to. Yeah. Deb Colvin. Deb Colvin. Yeah. Who listens to all of our podcasts and who um, went up to Whistler and sent us 35 or 36 pictures of the different places in yeah. the book and visited them all or yeah. not all of them but 35 or 36 of them yeah
0: yeah that was great so thank you Deb for doing that and thanks for letting us know you did that I know other people do it but we don't often find out about that or we find out about it uh, through circuitous
2: circuitous means but and we have an upcoming on- yeah we have an upcoming and- guest okay tell a bit, Tell them a bit about the upcoming guests Ooh. don't give the name but just give to what she had done with Teaser. the other episode oh, for future. yeah
0: you know this is hard it's really hard for me to explain but she has a business and a podcast, which is around. I enjoy it when I'm out running because it's got all kinds of intrigue and mystery and and law breaking. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that's, really into that's, the law breaking. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but it's like the corporate law breaking and it's international law, and it's business, and it's politics, and it's trade, and it's commerce, and it's the environment. And um, her business is is all around and covering all these things, and it's like the World Trade Organization and the United Nations and Diplomacy and all that sort of stuff.
2: But, but what makes her special to us is. Mm-hmm.
0: Is, well, she contacted uh, you some, uh, yeah, a, year a year ago or more, and she said, hey, Dave, I, I picked up that 111 places book that you guys did uh, on Vancouver, and I went to
2: all 111 of them. She went to all 111. She came to van, she's from Washington, DC, and she went, came to Vancouver for a holiday, bought the book, and she said, for a month, my husband and I visited every place. So we're going to get okay. her as a guest. and it's kind of wacky bananas to do that. But it's great; it's, it's absolutely we're we're in favor of anybody picking up our books it's and ch- going to all the places.
1: Yeah, that's a challenge, I guess. I guess that now there's 222. She's going to have to come back and spend a month in Whistler.
2: We, I've got a mailer. The I, I asked her to be in our podcast, and I told her I'd mail her the uh, the Whistler book, and I I said there's no obligation to go visit all the <laughs> 100. Miles. If you want to, yeah. <laughs> but
1: but speaking of Whistler and the Whistler that's book. Great. Yes, and some bear spray. Yeah, that would be handy, probably less than you need in Vancouver. But uh, speaking of the Whistler book, what are we going to
2: talk about today? What are you going to tell us? About today? Well, it's, you know, you write the book about Whistler, the region, the, the 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 resort municipality, and you want to have some stories about the mountain, like you could just ignore the mountain itself. But that would be kind of whoa. So we have six or seven stories about the actual you know the the company that uh, owns the mountain now Vale resorts that property we and and one of them is about the difference when i when i use the word snow cats does that resonate with you did you know what a snow cat is uh, it's, it's like a big cat like mm-hmm. for for it's like a
1: cougar or something Groom, no grooming no, no. like yeah a, i know um, i am I'm sorry i'm messing with it it's Indiana, like is the that,
0: canadian version of the rat pack <laughs> well no no it's like a zamboni peter lost peter lawford
2: sammy Davis <laughs> no, jr no no no, no? no. A zamboni it's machine. The snow the ice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a grooming machine game. That if you were if you were to own a mountain and you were just let the snow fall, it would just all pile up, it'd be chunky, it wouldn't be good. So at nighttime, you have something, it's important for our listeners to know. A snow cat is a um a piece of like a tractor, but it goes on, it has tracks that allows it to propel itself through the snow. It's, it's a like massive a tank, machine. right? It's
0: got these yeah, tank racks, it's huge. Like super yeah. duper wide.
2: Yeah. It's hard to describe. You'd have to look in our book and go to uh, to page 106. And it is, it's got a, it drags something behind it that it can and it has a winch and it's massive. And Whistler Blackcomb owns 38 of these things. And because of that, it's the it's North America or is it the world's? It's the largest fleet of snow cats um, in North America. Wh- Whistler Blackcomb has 485 hectares. Does anybody use the term Hector? I, acres I mean, are, I have a vague yeah, understanding of what a only hectare is. Hectoring other people. <laughs> 1200 acres is, is what the mountain is. Wow. And wow. so they have 38 of these snowcats, which, um, you need to understand is a grooming machine and you can't do it while people are skiing because they would bounce into the snowcat, you would crush them and kill them.
1: Yeah, it's not, not a good idea. No, not um, ideal for a ski resort
2: to be running no. over your clientele. So the snowcats come out at nighttime and there's 38 of them. And I just thought that it would be a cool story idea to tell people a bit more about this. Cause every night they, they, they take them all out in the morning, they park them in one place. And when you're on one of the chairlifts on the green chair, or the red chair, you can see them all parked there. And this is North America's largest fleet of snowcats. And didn't you go for a ride on one once? I did. I, there were, Graham and I both worked at Van Ock, And we had one of those silent auctions at an event where you could bid on different experiences. And people had, um, you know, you can come up to my uncle's cabin up at, uh, you know, Fort St. John or something for the weekend. Or, you know, here's another experience. I'll cook you dinner. But one of them was you could bid on meeting the snowcat operator at Whistler Mountain and spending the night on it. And I did. That's i cool. uh, I met her in the parking lot at Whistler gosh I wish I could remember her name and at nine o'clock i had to be somewhere she came down got me we walked up to where the snow cat was we got on board and for the next eight hours i was in a little cab with her as we groomed the mountain yeah, you know, so yeah I'm,
0: I'm looking at the picture and i'm thinking these look pretty modern and i'm thinking is it really comfortable is it comfortable?
2: uh you know it exactly. had a nice like stereo TV, system you got a radio he operated with a joystick but i bet i bet most farming is done like that when you see big john yeah. Deere tractors like yeah yeah so she was wonderful and um she was in charge of the whole thing and she said yeah Vanok, the organizing olympic committee called me and they said would you mind as an auction prize would you uh, be willing to take something the winner up for the evening and i bid 250 300 dollars whatever. The money went to the Canadian Olympic Committee and, you know, and then I bought it and I had this experience and I, I asked her one question. Like, I, I didn't know this was, this was in 2007 or 2008, you know, I just bought this auction item on evening on yeah. the mountain, you know, she was, I wish I could remember her name. Anyways, if I went through all my old emails, I'd find it. And I asked her, I said, what kind of people do you hire? Like, I mean, how many snowcat operators do you have? And she says, I have between 40 and 50. I've, you know, I have, I have a staff. My job is I have a budget and I have to run these 38 machines and the mountain shuts down at three or four. You don't, you have no idea, Dave, what happens at eight, nine, 10, 11 at night till six in the morning. Like there's a lot of stuff that has to happen. And I said, really, man, this is so interesting. So you're in senior management. Yep. You report to the general manager of the mountain. Yep. And your, your purview is only mountain grooming. It's all I do Dave. I'm in charge of all the snow groomers. I go, what do you look for when you hire somebody? She says, I look for two people. I look for either farmers that are used to, uh, you know, plowing fields yeah. and artists because it's a very creative job. <laughs> and I remembered that. I just thought that was so interesting, you know? Yeah. And so, so I, I put that in the story.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's very cool. You know you know what else I read in your story, Dave, is that I thought was interesting was the name of the company that makes the
2: <laughs> yeah. piston bully. There are two <laughs> say it again. Say, say it slowly. Say the third piston time. Piston
0: bully. So we've and got my, you know. My first got... thought was that's like engine piston, right? And bully just being like I don't know mean. So they're mean on um, this mean rough stuff. This but but then I thought well maybe it's like pissed you know like the mountain p- like
2: p s no it's piston? piston bully it's not piston no. bully. Well. Um, you know, I find everything in life interesting. And um, when I was the director of sponsorship sales at Vanock, my boss Dave Cobb says, "Well, oh, we need to buy uh, five million bucks worth of new snow grooming equipment for the Olympics. Dave, go and find a sponsor to give them to us for free." You know? <laughs> okay, so I did the research, and there's, there's only two companies in the world that make these things anymore. Like there probably was half a dozen companies, but like everything, it all you know, everything gets gobbled up by somebody else. And the two companies are Piston Bully and another company called Prenoth. So huh. I arranged for meetings with both and tried to get them both to become sponsors, sponsors of the Olympics. Yeah. They threw me out of their office so quickly my, my briefcase <laughs> almost ignited. <laughs> I didn't make the, the guys, let me get this straight. You want us to give you 5 million bucks worth of machines for free? Yeah, what do we get in exchange? You get to be the official snow groomer of the Olympics. Well, we already are. You know, that the check the yeah. mountain, idiot. They've already they, we <laughs> got to to put our machines there. <laughs> no, they're they were great. They flew it to Vancouver. We had wonderful meetings. I I learned a whole bunch about that industry. And it, it has two players, Piston Bully and Prenoth. And and Whistler Mountain, Blackcomb, owned 38 Piston Bullies. Ask me what they're worth. How much are they worth, Dave? About half a million bucks each. Holy smokes. Yeah. So, you know, Whistler, Whistler's bots, I'm guessing that, but I, I think somebody told me, I think Whistler spent, you know, 20, 25 million bucks in snow grooming equipment. They got snow 30 equipment. or 40 employees yeah. that, that do it every night. So I just, I just kind of thought, you know, if we're going to do a story about the mountain, I know a little bit about that one, you know, so I'll yeah. write something about it. Yeah. I used to know some of the when I worked at Wizard black home I used to know a bunch of the the guys who
1: did so I got to go up once or twice and it was fun. You and, did too? Yeah, it was good. I yeah, didn't know, was like, like
2: you. Oh,
1: I had no idea. Yeah, um, yeah I, did, I didn't. Oh, me feel bad Because I didn't I didn't put money towards the Van Ock Society. Unfortunately, I just went up with people. But yeah, I just like you just go up and there was a couple times when you could. There's a couple uh hills like I think like some of the Black Diamonds that are so steep that they actually have to put them on winch cables. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. they have to drag them up because it's it's too steep for the them to even drive up and like I remember some of the like you'd be up there and it was like you know six o'clock in the morning and the sun's coming up or whatever and like it's the mountains and it was pretty crazy. and like you're shattered because you've been out there all night, but it was cool. I was like you're saying, like, yeah, the, the big stereo systems, these guys just cruise around,
2: like have a great time. Like, oh, that's so cool, Mike. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we, uh, we record these once every couple of weeks with Mike, and I had no we just this one we just popped on. You had no idea you'd done it. Like, I don't think many, I don't think that's um. If you did that, there's got to be a lot of insurance and policy regulations yes. that you're not supposed to just have people ride along with you. Like, hey, Mike, want to go for a ride? Like, I yeah, I I legitimately didn't. bought it and went through all the channels. You just <laughs> got to ride along with somebody.
1: I we did. I think we had to we had to move some things occasionally too. So I used to work events at the top of the mountain sometimes, and uh, usually we would use they would just run the gondola really late. But sometimes it's just stupid windy in the middle of the night and they can't run the gondolas anymore. But we still got like you know, crates and crates and crates of stuff up there after we've done a big event. And it's got to get down somehow. So we have to ship stuff down in, in cats occasionally. And we got to go down a couple of
2: times in those. But- um that's so cool, Mike, that you did that. One of just a, you know, one of the things when we went out with her that night is there's a there's a weather station up in the middle of nowhere in Whistler. And the story would be much better if I remembered where it was. But um there was a storm the night before and she said the guy that's up there, he's probably snowed in. So we went up with her cats. And kind of drag the snow up from his entrance, you know, in the middle. It's it's a weather station up in the middle of nowhere, up in the mountain, you know. And there's a whole bunch of stuff going on from midnight till six in the morning. Oh, yeah, and nothing about. Absolutely not. That's yeah. kind of
0: cool. I like that aspect of the story. Uh, and like
2: from my place in Vancouver,
0: I can look up and I can see Cypress Mountain. And okay. at nighttime, I can see the floodlights and the you can see the lights
2: going up and The down, lights right? going up and you know yeah, that yeah, that you can yeah, actually yeah, see you know it from the, your place of kids. That the
0: magic is happening at night. And so I. I don't know, I'm trying to think of another analogy for that, but it's like, you know, we all live our lives, have our day and do our skiing or whatever, and then you go to bed and then there's this whole other sort of group of people that come out and tidy everything up and fix everything and put it yeah. all back in order. That's yeah, a wonderful and analogy. So that When you get up in the morning, everything seems all perfect again, you know? And I just think that's kind of a neat aspect yeah, of the
2: story. Yeah, yeah, no, well, that's uh, that's great.
1: Yeah. So on that note, what do you guys have as your final thoughts?
0: Oh damn it, I forgot all about the final
1: thoughts. <laughs> you were saying so, it's taking a, a break note. for a little while. Mark, How about um, some
0: final trivia? Because I did a little research before the, the show. Yeah,
1: okay. This will be final
0: good. trivia, the guys that uh that run Piston Bully actually can trace their company back to eighteen ninety-three when they were making wagons. And they really? went from wagons to like omnibuses, which is a bus, right? And then from there, they got into the uh, the, the snow grooming stuff. But uh, since 1969, I think, which is, uh, yeah, when they got into the snowcat business. So it's, it's kind of from like a industrial technology evolution sort of thing. It's kind of fun too to look at like the history of vehicles. And just to think, you know, no, 100 years ago, they didn't have snowcats, didn't exist.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, I everything um, has sort of happened in winter Olympic sports and uh, winter sports kind of in the last hundred years. All the yeah, technological yeah, innovations, easy, easy, easy.
2: Zamboni machines, Zamboni ice cream, and these are like you know, you know
0: 500,000 yeah. $500, dollar machines, 38 of them. Wow, it's crazy.
2: See, There's I always North, thought that North America's there. largest fleets. Yeah,
1: Incredible. I was called it. I was out there called cats, like cat machines because they were made
2: by the company cat like you know that one that makes like yeah. well you're talking about caterpillar which Absolutely is a wonderful. massive uh and that is a very um easy um assumption to make i, I think that's logical that they were exactly. made by cat and so they're by, made by same company that makes um backhoes and makes yeah. you know, steamrollers and dumb to trucks. make sense yeah, to me you no, no, no. they're called snow cats i don't know why they're called snow cats huh. they are. they're groovy okay. baby <laughs> And Mike, you haven't asked me for my final. thought. Yeah, thoughts. what's your final thought? My final thought is just, you know, if you want to bore someone to tears on the chairlift, you know, and really sound like you're a smart, arrogant person, just go as you're coming off the green chair, look down there and go, oh, look, there's North America's <laughs> largest <laughs> fleet of snowcats. And uh, I mean, you know what? They're made by Piston Bully. Premal <laughs> is their only competitor. And the person will be so relieved to get off the chair. <laughs> they'll be all fast than you
1: can imagine you guys might you must have been best that's friends a great with that, final uh, thought dave you must have been best, best friends with yet. that woman too who uh after eight hours in a snow snowcat just you guys just cruising around you guys must have been best buddies
2: she, she i thought her job was interesting she said what are you doing i said i'm the director of sponsorship sales and she had a million good questions for me and i did not know it was a wonderful experience <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, on that note, I usually I tell you to go to these places and check them out and do the thing. But like I said, I don't think you can.
2: <laughs> green chair.
1: Look to the left when you're in the green share. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look to your left in the green share. See all the they're big red machines, right? So go they're big
2: red machines, it. Mike. That's right.
1: Can't really miss them. Google it, see what they say. You're probably never gonna get in one, unfortunately. But next time you're up in Whistler, you can thank. All the hardworking cat drivers that are driving around at night for all those people who love corduroy, <laughs> all those people who love corduroy runs in the day. You can thank these corduroy runs. Good, and good comment. You know, so there's a shout out to the um uh, But thanks so much. Uh, like Graham and we were all talking about at the beginning of this. If you have any, if you make it out to any of those spots in any of the books. Uh, send us your photos. Let us know. We always love to hear what people are up to. Uh, it's fun for us to hear that people are out and enjoying what we're doing and what we're talking about. So feel free to go onto our Facebook page, Vancouver Places and uh, Vancouver Places Podcast, sorry, and then send those over. Uh, I'd love to see where you get up to. And as always, you can always just uh, let us know what you guys think. What do you want to hear about next? Um, what don't you like to hear about? All that kind of fun <laughs> stuff. But as I always say, just make sure you come back next week and we'll keep telling you all the fun, interesting places in the whole Vancouver, Whistler area that you must not miss. We will see you next time. I hit Vancouver in the blazing sun on
0: the 9th of February 61. And from the 10th of February through to May, it rained and all night.